You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you guys have been having a great week. I most certainly did, but it is Friday, and that means it's the weekend, people. We did it. We got through another week, and now we can kick back and relax a little bit, which is exactly what I have in mind for this weekend. You have officially now only one week left to pre-order the Vox and Hops Overhop Canada collab brew aptly called Vox and Overhops. I'm so stoked about this beer. I can't wait to get my hands onto this double dry hop New England IPA, which will be available as of November 21st. But if you want to pre-order it and make sure that you can get one as well as that amazing Vox and Overhops t-shirt, you only have one week left. If you would like to do that, head over to Overhop Canada's website. I have included that link in the description of this podcast and pick one up. Sadly, there are no deliveries available, but there are two options for you if you would like to have one. Option A, you can go pick it up at Overhop Canada's brewery in saint jean sur le richelieu or you can head over to my favorite local craft beer store, La Canette, and you can pick it up there. I'm super stoked about today's episode because it is featuring a band that is just on fire. Every time I turn around, I just keep hearing people talking about them. So I'm super stoked that I got the chance to have a chat with them. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 192 with Diamond Row of Tetrarch. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Diamond Rowe, the guitarist of Tetrarch. I am super, super stoked to be with you. I have been very excited about your band since uh, my good friend and uh, Vox and Hops alumni, Dave Otero, posted uh, the single uh, I'm Not Right a few months ago, and I was like, what is this sound? Anyone that's <laughs> been listening to the podcast knows that I am a new metal child. Uh, as much as I've moved on to, to different things, uh, I I still seriously enjoy my new metal influences. So awesome. uh, how are you? Uh, let's just start with a very simple yet complex question. How have you been coping with 2020? You know, 2020 has been very interesting because on one side, we have all this stuff going on that just negatively affects the entire you know, world. It's not just like certain people. It's the entire world. It affects in some kind of way. Then on the other hand, like, as far as the band's concerned, everything's been going really well. So it's kind of like I was telling somebody, I was like, man, I hate like feeling like I'm finding joy and everybody's <laughs> suffering. It's like the world's burning. And I'm like, this is great. But, you know, it's it's been tough in, in some regards, you know, just not being able to tour and not being able to know when you can tour and just getting your life back to normal. But, you know, it, it's been OK for us directly, you know, so. I don't know how you want to take that, but it's it's all right. It is true that that this year has been just on fire for you guys, just just thing after thing. I've been watching since since I discovered the single. You know, like uh, now you are just on Billboard's mainstream rock charts, uh, which is a uh, crazy top forty single active rock radio. It's it's <laughs> it's crazy. You signed to Napalm Records, so so twenty twenty has been pretty good for you. Yeah, it's been pretty good, and like you know, we always. 
you know, aim for things to go really well. We aim for high goals and all that kind of stuff. But just like it's kind of one of those. I feel like it's one of those moments where it's like this momentum is going and like good thing after good thing happens. And it's weird to say it because you don't hear a lot of people in bands say things like that. They're always like they just seem so jaded a lot of times. <laughs> but like it's just weird. Like for us, it's like this like shining light is on us right now so hopefully uh it doesn't just come to an abrupt hold or anything <laughs> anytime soon no i keep 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 <laughs> it riding uh vox and hops is all about hanging out uh, with my metal friends talking about their lives music and craft beer i offered you to get something to drink you said i don't want to so so tell me about that and i'll tell you about what i'm I'll just be drinking. i'll just take that for me thank you <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about what, what is your relationship with craft beer what is your relationship with alcohol i am a really bad with like alcohol in general i'm a i'm a beer fan like if i have to drink anything it will be a beer but if i told you what kind of beers i grab you would probably be so disappointed in me so i almost just don't even want to say but uh i am more so a beer drinker than anything else that's very cool yeah i'm I'm happy to hear that i know what to uh bring you next time we hook up uh yeah exactly on my side i'm going to be drinking this is brand new just sort of came up uh, out here. I'm from Montreal, Canada, and this is a new brewery called uh, Lupulon. I hope I'm saying that right. It is a Saint Brett, which means a hundred percent Brett. Uh, Brett is a wild yeast that a lot of breweries have been using uh, for throughout the past probably five years, and it totally makes a wild flavor to the beer. So this is an IPA that they have totally just wild and yeasted it up. It's a uh, super dope artwork. It has been a uh, contract brew out of which is one of my favorite craft beer breweries you have to tell me how it is because i am one of those people who i'm super like i'm not a huge ipa fan all the time but I've, every now and then i get one i'm like that's pretty good so this would be one of those see it has that nice it's not bitter it's not a west coast style it's much more of a east coast style ipa it is a slightly sweet it has a little bit of a citrus bite tangy and then it has that weird wild swirl on it so it tastes sort of like farmy and sort of like earthy and that's what the whole bread wild yeast brings to it it is a uh, super dope and uh, i suggest anyone here in quebec uh, should absolutely go support this young brewery just like you guys are a youngish band although you've been together for a very long time but you are uh, uh you know uh, you deserve lots of support as well take me back to i've been doing some research I, i've seen you've spoken done a lot of press about this i don't want the whole how did you get into the band but i am blown away by this fact that uh, you and josh mm. uh, the vocalist and other guitarist of uh Tetrarch have uh, known each other since grade seven and and why isn't there a documentary about you guys yet <laughs> that documentary would be very long and arduous um, <laughs> be, um but it would be pretty funny and, and interesting you know it's like we we met then we went to a small private school and it's like he was literally the him and another guy were literally the only ones who played anything remotely to rock and metal at our school so we just kind of ne- connected through that and it was just the universe putting us in the right place at the right time i guess because we just have stuck together ever since We've been on this crazy journey ever since, like just growing as musicians and as a band and an interest and just there's not really anything in my life worth mentioning that I haven't <laughs> been that I've been through without Josh around to some capacity. I like opened my old iMac the other day and you know how Mac MacBooks and Macs and stuff, they have you log in when you open them. I got this iMac in like my first year of college or right in high school sometime. I open it up and ask me to log in and the little icon picture is like Josh in the background, like 
<laughs> like, you have been around a long time, dude. So it's just funny. Like, you know, it, it's, but it's cool to have, you know, it's some, it's a good, good stability. It's, it's amazing, especially in the world of, of, you know, extreme music. It's very, very hard to keep a lineup together, let alone for that long through the struggles. And you guys were, you know, you're 11, 12 years old going through maturity and, and having the, the stick to is, is I, I'm blown away. Yeah. You know, and I think that's helped us a lot. Just having that um, strong basis, like strong foundation, like having me and Josh there from the beginning, we knew each other, like I can count on him. He'll never quit. And he knows I'll never quit and vice versa. We have that foundation. And then we, you know, we found two others that are the exact same, you know, Ryan's been in the band since a little right after we were in high school and Ruben joined about five, six, five, almost six years ago, I think. So we're, we're super solid. You know, I never had, that's one thing I don't have to worry about, which is great. You know, a lot of bands have to worry about that too. Like, uh, dude quit, you know, body, and we did go through our fair share of drummers before we found the right one. So let me just throw that in there, but, <laughs> but it's good to have a solid foundation. <laughs> Absolutely. And, 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 you know, every band decision, every hiccup along the road, all, all of these years that you guys have been together, the, those, those high school fights, you know, all of the, the drama that you've already worked through is like, you, you guys have already done all that legwork. So you guys can only climb now. Oh yeah. Because you're not going to knit, pick and bicker as, as bands do, especially young bands. When, when you get climbing to the van for the first time together, there's going to be these sides of people that are going to come out that you never knew in the rehearsal room because you only spent three hours a week with them versus spending years and years. Well, you know, and it's crazy too. We've been on, on the road with some more established bands and they would, they literally would tell us like, if we ever had to tour, cause you know, they might've come together later in their career, but they would say to us like, we ever had to tour in a van we wouldn't make it and i'm just like wow that that's crazy but i can understand and the bands that told me that i can truly see that that probably wouldn't work but you know it's crazy like we've toured in a van for a long time and slept at walmart and all that kind of stuff so there's really nothing you can throw at us at this point as the four of us together that we probably haven't gone through at some point (laughs) um you know that's so. that's just it goes back for these those bands that can't go back into the van. That's because they had the taste, the taste <laughs> of luxury, the taste oh, of yeah. space, and, and lying down and putting your bag in a particular place and it's not moved. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's uh it's definitely a luxury. When we were on the bus, you know, we started on a bus for the first time last year, and we you know like we started from the bottom bottom. So it's like, you know, you appreciate every little tiny thing when you did and we're on there and we're literally in our bunks. Like, dude, there's nothing to complain about anymore. Like, Literally any little thing we had to complain about at one point is completely gone. Like that's how we feel about it. Cause we love being on the road. Like we're road dogs, love being on the road. You know, it sucks being away from family and stuff like that. But other than that, there's no place we would, any of us would rather be. So Having a place to just go to bed is uh, pretty sick. I mean, take a shower, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed when I want to go to bed. Yeah. And you're not going to bother me. And <laughs> Thank you. And what you do isn't going to affect me when I close that curtain. So, you know. The golden rule, everyone. Once you climb into your bunk, you are not disturbed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> until until loaded. Then then you can be bothered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> T- take me back to your youth, Diamond. Uh, when, when you were growing up in your parents' or guardians' house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Man, so my both of my parents like were in the music business. My dad, I grew up 
he's in the music business still. He's been in the music business 40 years. So I grew up around that side of the business a lot. Um, but he was very much like he worked with Michael Jackson and like R. Kelly. And he worked with, you know, a lot like a lot of like the temptations going back even further and the OJs and like, you know, Parliament, the funk, like stuff like that. Um, so I would hear him play a lot of Michael Jackson, the Temptations, a lot of Motown or, you know, bands and a lot of stuff like that. My mom was a little more um, like she had a little more variety in what she would play. Like with my mom, she would she would go from that stuff to Earth, Wind and Fire to um, John Mayer to Pearl Jam. You know, I kind of introduced her obviously to like the Pearl Jam and stuff like that. <laughs> but growing up in the car, like she would play like, like I said, a lot of John Mayer and uh, Alanis Morissette and stuff like that too. So it was pretty well-rounded. Like the the heavier side of things came in, into the play with me. But around them, you know, it was a big music family. You know, it was, like I said, being around my dad in the industry constantly. It's a, you know, full-time job there. Then my mom who did hair and makeup in the 80s for more stay in the time and stuff like that. So, you know, I was I was around a lot of that coming up. So it was a musical household for the most part. Like my dad can't play any instrument, doesn't even remotely know how to tell you how to play an instrument. Really? But he is a music business powerhouse. So like, you know, there's nothing he doesn't know. And my mom, she just, you know, like I said, is just very, very open. She has a very open taste in music. So um, it was kind of just kind of that, you know, like depending on the time, but there's certain ones that, that stick out to me and it would be kind of, kind of those like I named. Wow. And was there like a pressure that you put up on yourself or from your family to, to become a musician or was it just something that happened naturally? Oh God, no. Um, not at all. My parents were always like very much supportive of anything that like I wanted to do. I was an avid, avid softball player um, for a long time. I started when I was like nine ish or eight and I played for like 15 years or something. And like, you know, it was right around the time to go to college. And if, if I hadn't have found music, I for sure would have gone to college on like a full softball scholarship and everything. What position? This, I, I played a few, but uh, I was third baseman for a long time because I had a really good arm. And then they moved me to catcher, and I was a catcher for um, most of my high school years. So, really? yeah. So it was it was cool, but when I found music, I kind of, like, slacked off a little bit. Like, that <laughs> even my coaches and stuff would be like, you know, I would, like, find ways to weasel out of conditioning and stuff, stuff that I wouldn't have ever <laughs> used to have done, you know. I'd be like, oh, I can't do that because I got to work or I would just come up with something, you know. Um, so it kind of weaned off when I found guitar and everything. But, you know, for a while I thought, you know, obviously being a professional softball player isn't like something that's going to like be this huge thing. But I thought that was going to be a big part of my life in the beginning. And then I wanted to be a doctor for a good good while. But obviously, you know, I'm not going to be a rock star and a doctor. So got to pick one, <laughs> got to pick one of those. Hey, you got uh, a, long, a, long, a long life ahead of you. I mean, you can always do both. <laughs> so you're right. So, you know, but I'm glad, I'm glad that I got the, this path came along. And it was funny when I kind of started getting into this type of music, like even before um, I started playing it. So like, it wasn't a long gap, 
but it was like a little bit of time. My mom was actually really stoked about it because she's like, oh, awesome. Like she's found this thing. Like she would take me to Hot Topic and spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars like for me to just buy band t-shirts. Like she was stoked about it. My dad was kind of like, what is this? You know, like the only metal band you knew was Metallica. That was like it, you know. Um, but they came around and like now my dad, I'll be talking to him and he like names like all these ginger and all these bands that he would have, you know, never known about back then or care to know about. Now he's like a metal connoisseur. So we've come a long way. It's full, it's full <laughs> circle. He taught you some stuff and now you're teaching him some stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys seem to have made a lot of uh, great decisions, business decisions. Uh, do you ever go and just bounce ideas off of your dad? Oh yeah. My, my dad manages us now at this Super point. Cool. So yeah. So, you know, it's literally constantly all day, every day on the phone with him. And, you know, helping him steer our career in the right path and, you know, helping us make decisions and like the things that we're very strong at when it comes to music and social media and stuff like that. We kind of play a heavy role in those things. But when it comes to the business side, he plays a very heavy role in those. And we're super thankful for that because, you know, there, as you know, in this business, there's a lot of things that it's almost impossible to know if someone doesn't teach you, you know, like mm-hmm. you can't, there's know no them school the right for this. There's no school. Right. There's no school for this. And so you can't know it the right way. And a lot of, and a lot of bands even further in their career don't know. They just kind of hope for the best. And so <laughs> we've been fortunate. So we're all just driving blind. <laughs> yeah. Down yeah. the road of passion. <laughs> and literally the worst career to drive blind in ever. <laughs> and hope, hoping that we take those right creative exits sometimes. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> this song is a bit different. Maybe it'll work. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we'll see. <laughs> Let, let's touch on Napalm Records. I was super stoked when I saw that you guys signed with them. Uh, is it, I imagine this was something that has been in the works for a long time because I know how record deals go. It, it's not something that happens quickly. Uh, I don't know how much you can tell me about this because a lot of the times we can't talk about this, but uh, tell me about that whole experience. Is it something that came up through uh, 2020 or is it something in, in the works far before? Um, you know, it, so it's one of those things like for a long time, people would be like, you know, why is this band unsigned? Why is this band unsigned? And it would like irk us so bad because we're like, we're independent guys. Yeah, like yeah. it was, it was, it was one of those things where it wasn't that we couldn't get signed. It was just, we were kind of waiting on the right label with the right offer and who we felt could, um, you know, who we felt we could have the best relationship with to get where we want to go. Um, and Napalm was the label that came to us with kind of what we with what we wanted, you know. Um, so it wasn't like an extremely, extremely long process. But, you know, they were willing to meet us where we wanted to meet contractually. And, um, you know, it's great. Like what what we couldn't do alone is become like this the worldly band that we want to become you know and napalm being based in austria and having such a stronghold overseas um in this genre is going to help a lot and we're really excited about that because you know it's no secret like we have very lofty goals as a band and you know we have to tackle the entire world to do that so um we're excited and we think really feel they can help us with that so that was a big part of our decision making with them Um, but they were great and they seemed to share the same 
goals that we do as a band you know we don't have to hear well no one gets as big as metallica anymore it's like dude i don't fucking want to hear that a million times like (laughs) i don't want to hear somebody naysay naysay all the time you know it's like even if that is something that is not ordinary or something that you know likely won't happen for most or whatever we want a team of people who aren't going to constantly be talking about it you know what i'm saying so it's great to have a team that is on board with us and ready for the fight you know very cool and and i am all about napalm i see them doing great things signing great bands so so uh cheers to that tonight i'm super stoked for you guys um let's talk about uh working with dave otero i love him to death he is a fantastic producer uh (laughs) he's produced countless amazing projects uh, such as uh, chemist cattle decapitation cephalic carnage back in the day just to name a few uh mm-hmm. how easy was that choice to go work with dave so you know dave uh he mixed an ep of ours like in 2000 and when was that like 2011 or 2012 it was something it was a long time ago he mixed like one of our eps when we were like kind of a thrash band <laughs> And uh, yeah, we, it it was a real thing and it wasn't too bad either. But uh, anyways, he mixed on our EPs and it sounded killer, but we were always like, when we would want to go to a studio, we would be like, Oh, let's go to blah, blah, blah. Because he's worked with, you know, you know, X, Y, Z huge band. And for years, my dad would be like, what about that guy in Denver that mixed your EP? And we'd be like, Oh yeah, Dave, he's cool. We should go to Bloody Bloody Blah, you know. And so finally, for our last record, my dad's like, I don't see why y'all won't go to that boy in Denver, right? So we're like, fine, we'll we'll go to we'll go to Dave. So we went to Dave for our last album, Freak, and it came out killer. Like we really enjoyed working with him. And one thing I noticed was like for me, like I'm a hundred percent I prefer to be like on a stage playing than being in the studio but so in the studio is kind of an un- uncomfortable place for me because maybe it's because I'm a girl but I'm always overthinking and like in our past experiences in studios we would be working with and this was when we were a smaller band so we would be working with these you know quote-unquote big producers and like they would like intimidate a lot like mm-hmm. they would make me feel intimidated or like like I was less than or like, you know, and it makes like creating like really difficult. Um, But Dave did not do that. And he made us feel very comfortable, um, made the environment very comfortable, open to all ideas. And he understood that like, okay, this is y'all's band and you have the final say in decision making, but I'm going to throw out these ideas. And if you like them, you like them. If you don't, you don't. And like that made it very easy for us to work together and just be able to bounce ideas off each other. No one felt irrelevant, you know? And so we decided like with this record, okay, let's, we're just going to go back to Dave. Like, you know, Dave doesn't have 90 crossover metal bands that he's working or anything like that, that we have to deal with him being an asshole all the time. And, you know, X, Y, Z get points from Papa Roach. So like, I don't need you in my life and all this kind of stuff. So like, it's, it's just super comfortable to work with him. And he's like our big brother. Like we talk, we give him so much shit constantly. Like we just make fun of him all day. (laughs) He makes fun of us back. So it's fun. But I think we make a good team because it's also like we're very, sometimes we're very simple minded when it comes to writing and he'll throw in something like 
extreme or something that we would have never thought of, but it's so sick, you know? So I think we compliment each other. So, you know, we've kind of found our match in, uh, in producing because we really enjoy going and, and going to Denver and working with him and, and living in LA. Everyone's like, you live in LA, but you go to Denver <laughs> to record your album. I'm like, yeah, dude, we, we love working with Dave, you know? So Dave is the man flatline yeah. audio. Am I right? Yes, flatline. When it, which is weird because whenever we ask him, we're like, Dave, do you still go by flatline? He's like, uh, I just go by really Dave Otero now. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, so sure, flatline audio. You, you might not be able to afford him next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> now, Dave is amazing. You, you mentioned something before that that it might be because you're a girl, and that's not true. No, it's just because you're an artist, and and any artist in a studio situation or any situation when you're trying to be creative and you're feeling like the person that a you're paying to 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 help work with you to to record your album or to do anything artistic you feel like they're looking down on you that's that's hard that's that's just being an artist yeah and i mean granted we were a lot younger then because now i would tell that person to fuck off like <laughs> honestly but we were so much young we were so much younger then that we didn't know any better i actually like called my dad from the from a certain situation and he handled it handled it really in a way that i would not want to be dealt with if i was that other person but you know now we, I would know how to handle a situation like that. But when I was younger, I did not. So I just felt it made my like studio experience for a long time. It made me like kind of insecure about it. You know, um, I've come full circle now and we're back to a better place. And Dave <laughs> has helped me with that because like I said, he's let me know, like Dave will throw out some ideas sometimes that are so dumb. And <laughs> Josh are like, Dave, that is so dumb, but it's awesome because he says, you know, like, Hey, like it might be dumb, but it might get some gears going, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's exactly what it does. So it's super cool to have that environment to where it's like, okay, it's okay if I throw out something stupid, but it might spark some other ideas. Whereas before it was like, you just didn't want to throw out anything dumb or someone would threaten to play your guitar part or something, you know? Jesus. No, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You should be creating in a safe space that has to yeah. be like that. There, There is always room for error. Oh yeah, but as oh, they, yeah. you know, it would lead to something else that's that's much more on par with with what you guys need in the end. Yeah, of course. Let, let's talk about this. This I I'm a new metal child. I grew up. My first concert was Corn. Uh, it was the Family Values tour. Corn. Uh, uh, sadly, Ramstein wasn't there because it was here in Montreal, and it was Corn, Incubus, Orgy. I think that was the lineup, and I was blown away. Yeah, and then I, I think my second concert experience was Cold Chamber, Machine Head, with Slipknot opening. I wow. was there. I was there for Slipknot, <laughs> and and I had bought the CD like a week before, and I had only seen the 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 cover art, and I was like terrified of them. I was, <laughs> I was a very fragile teenager. We've <laughs> <laughs> so, come a long so, way. So I love the fact that that you know, new metal gets a, a bad rap. Mm-hmm. And had a bad rap for many, many years, but I'm feeling a lot of new bands are, are rediscovering the style, such as you guys. Uh, another great release this year that uh, has blew me away that has a lot of new metal elements is a Loathe's new record. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- tell me, talk to me about how you feel about this whole resurgence and how you guys embraced it. So it's it's really funny because we never even like consciously thought like new metal anything like that with our previous record freak we had 
a couple. So Dave always says it's like we left and came back with like this epiphany, but like we went to the studio with Dave for the last record and we did it in two chunks. So the first chunk we went and we recorded like three or four songs for the record and all of them were like kind of metalcore in the metalcore vein. And then we left for like a holiday or a couple weeks, probably a month or two actually. And we came back to finish the record and like the second batch of songs we did for the record were all very like new metal inspired. <laughs> he was like, what happened? <laughs> so like, <laughs> but he's like, it's really cool. It's like you guys left and came back a new band. And it wasn't conscious though. It was like, we decided for the first time we wanted to try to do things that weren't just like super fast riffage. Cause that's all we had ever done. Like I said, we started off really thrashy. We were like a thrash band. Then we like changed to like kind of metal core. We were kind of in the vein of like Bullet from a Valentine or Trivium or something like that. But then we wanted, we didn't want to be boxed in to that. So we were like, okay, let's try to incorporate like a little bit more influence in it. Like maybe add some groove to some songs where we had never, which is crazy. We had never done that before. Or maybe like add some weird lead, weird guitar lines. And just, it wasn't like, we didn't think like, new metal it was just like this stuff kind of sounds cool and it worked really well with freak with our last record um and we just tried it like a little bit with the last record but when we saw how well it worked um this record we were like let's just jump completely in and do a record completely how we would want to do it and it has a lot of that influence on it so like it's interesting that people now say like you guys are like the new metal resurgence because it was like we didn't even try to do that it just kind of organically happened but I mean the bands that we grew up listening to like when we were in middle school and high school the bands on the radio middle school really bands on the radio were Disturbed and Linkin Park and Slipknot and Korn and you know Incubus like you mentioned and a lot they were just taking over the airwaves when I was starting to play guitar so it makes sense that that's coming out and those are the bands that you know other you know them and Lame of God and Gojira and stuff those are the bands that I still listen to those are my favorite bands. Um, I love heavy, heavy bands that have melody and things you things you can you know repeat back. You know, maybe I'm simple minded. I don't know, but I really enjoy that, and I think that's it's just started coming out in our music um, now, like that part of us. Whereas before, it was very much like the kill switch and all of that. Um, so it's cool. We don't mind. Um, we don't mind it. I know it kind of has a negative connotation. When people hear the record, it's interesting because m- most of it has that <laughs> that new metal thing. Um, but there's a couple on there that don't and that are just really heavy. Um, so I don't really know what you want to call us. I guess we'll find out when the whole record comes out, what everybody calls us. It'll probably still be the same thing. But <laughs> we don't. Uh, we definitely didn't try. It just is something that happened. And here we are. So we're all right with it. <laughs> it is interesting that 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 as you you know you started as a thrash band because you know you were influenced hypothetically by like Metallica wanting to go there, and mm-hmm. then becoming a metalcore band because all that's what the scene was happening and you wanted to exactly. fit it, you wanted to break, and now when you finally just dove into what you are, mm-hmm. is when everything is lining up and everything's working. Yeah, and it's crazy because we we never fit into anything, no matter how hard we tried, like. No scene ever accepted our band. And for a long time, it was so sad. We were like, what's wrong with us? Um, But now it was kind of, we look at it, it's kind of like it was a blessing in disguise kind of. But it literally like 
the warp tour scene we never tried but like the warp tour scene no that wasn't us at all you know super super heavy hardcore underground scene that was never like we just didn't have one and for a long time people would tell us like we just don't know where you fit you know and that got us down but my dad was always like well you fit anywhere i don't understand how that that makes any sense don't listen to them so we did it and we were just like you know what we don't fit in a scene we're not they're trying to niche us and like we can't be niched so in the end it worked out really well for us because we can do whatever we want and we're accessible to different types of fans you know versus if we had gone one extreme route you know we would have excluded a whole bunch of fan bases so so far it's working out for us but we definitely did not we were outcasts for sure Crazy. still are i guess yeah no I, I feel like everything's just catching up with you there's a whole bunch of other bands from that same uh, you know, that are that are coming and in, in the same mold you know and then you guys would have never hit you know mainstream rock charts had you just gone extreme you know so, so you guys can exactly. hang with the extreme bands and you can hit you know rock radio which is crazy yeah and, it, and it's crazy too because people see us live and they're like holy shit you guys are way heavier than i expected and i'm like yeah dude we <laughs> we're a heavy band live like we are we're a really heavy band live and we always compile our set lists set lists to be like super heavy and energetic but we have those melodic songs too and we enjoy being able to to do that so i think it's cool we're never boxed in that's awesome uh when you get the chance to do this album release tour if you could hand pick the tour package who would be on that tour God, it's hard to say, you know, because for us, it's like there's there's so many there's so many bands we would love to play with. But like our main thing is just getting back in front of just like a crowd. You know what I'm saying? Because like I can name all day like, oh, yeah, I'd be sick to tour Metallica and freaking, you know, Slipknot and Gojira and Deftones or whatever. But, you know, really, it's just we're kind of in the mindset. We're always thinking forward and we're like kind of in the mindset of like we want to become the next headliners and we when we think like that and then people are like what package would you want to be on i'm not going to be like us headlining and then metallica right (laughs) (laughs) but in my head i'm like you know let's we want to get there at some point so we just want to do whatever and tour wherever we can in front of whoever we can to try to get as far as we can so Whoever, you know, as long as we're getting out in front of people and doing what we do best. Absolutely. Just make sure Lars strikes his drums, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lars. He's my favorite. <laughs> uh, one last question. Um, you, you seem very put together, and it probably never happens to you. But when it does, what is your hangover cure? Uh, let, just a short story. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, you know, I... St- when I was 21, we played a show in, in Atlanta at this venue called The Masquerade, which oh, I don't know, maybe you've been there. Oh, of yeah. Course, yeah. So, yeah, I figured. Um, and we played with Chimera. And um, it was a Jaeger-sponsored show. Oh, that's always a problem. So they had, yeah, this isn't good. So they had a Jaeger tap for, and you could just go outside and just, you know, get Jaeger. And I, not being a big drinker, um <laughs> was like i got a couple shots of it you know and i'm like oh i don't feel anything and and everyone's like diamond you're gonna feel it just give it a second <laughs> i'm like dude i swear i don't feel anything so i think i got to like five or six shots of that in 
10 to 15 minutes. I was like, you know, don't feel anything. So we ended up on the bus with Chimera and they were like smoking or something. And I'm just in there and I just start feeling so crappy. And I'm like, <laughs> oh boy, oh the boy. Sweats. So it was time to go home and I go to get up and I go to get off the bus and I could not walk. I like, I was so, this is drunk as I've ever been in my life. I, as soon as I stepped off that bus, I threw up everywhere and you know but i'm in the i'm in the car too saying that i want something to eat my friends are like what are you talking about and i'm like i'm so hungry i'm throwing up in the car you know and that was the most hungover i've ever been in my life that next day but i still haven't found like any kind of cure i um just sleep it off you know i don't have any nothing special and to be honest i don't do it enough to have figured it something out I have a couple of beers, feel good, then I'm done, you know. I can't, I can't, like I, I get really bad motion sickness too. So like being hungover and drunk is like that same feeling for me and I feel like it's triple whammy for me because I I get really really sick just being on rides and I can sit in my computer chair and spin around three times and I'm like <laughs> done for the day. So like I try to stay away from being hungover at all. Um, but when I am, I try to sleep. I drink a lot of water and try to sleep it off. I, <laughs> I just don't know what else to do. I've heard a lot of great things that I should try. Um, but God forbid I ever feel like I did after that Chimera show. The anger tap is always a mistake. <laughs> that if I, will, I haven't had it since. I have not had a shot of Jaeger since. It was so, it was the worst. I, I think my friends, like might've been Josh even pulled over and let me throw up outside the car a few times. Just, it was just. And I remember I stayed at my friend's house. My dad calls me the next morning because I didn't tell him I wasn't coming home because I couldn't. Um, so he calls me the next morning. He's like spewing like, why didn't you call and let us know you weren't coming, blah, blah, blah. And I just was like, dad, I'm so drunk right now. I, yeah. And he was like, okay, call me in the morning. You know, so like he just knew I, he wasn't about to get he anything was, out of me. He was like, me. you're alive. I get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I hate, I hate to break it to you i have no secrets but uh if i ever find one i'll be sure to let you know water and sleep is it, it, it's one of the it's one of the secrets that's for damn sure that's, yeah that's it <laughs> diamond thank you so so much for taking some time to sit down with me talk about your life some metal talk about some craft beer uh i really really appreciate it uh everybody get ready for this record it's coming you guys are going to be blown away tetrarch is going to uh do some big things I, i'm a fan and i'm stoked to to see just how high you guys go thank you but i appreciate you having me Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Such a great chat with Diamond. What a truly inspiring human. I had such a great feeling after that chat. I, I just wish them the best. I want to see Ted Shark go super high. Everybody check them out. They got that new album, which will be coming out via Napalm Records because they just inked that deal. And that is very, very exciting. Congrats, Diamond. Congrats to the rest of the Tetra crew. I am behind you 1,000%. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should absolutely go and subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice because I have over 190 episodes which you can go back and check out. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I will be back at you next week with two episodes. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hobbs heads. Oh,
Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.